Beautiful. Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. We welcome you again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise the Lord for your being with us this evening. Now, we want also to uh, forewarn our students again, those of you who are still here. Of course, I only want those who are here to come up. I don't want the others who have left, but only those who are here. Uh, I want you just to come up and give us your name, the school you're attending, and perhaps your major, the subject that you are taking over uh, at the school you're in. And if you have a special prayer request that you'd like for us to pray for, and we'll do that as well. So be ready for that. We're going to give you a moment. And also be thinking, all of you be thinking about what you'd like to share. We'd like to hear from you tonight. Thanking God for his hand of blessing upon you. Perhaps he's healed you. Perhaps he's provided for you in a special way. We want you to share that with God's people tonight. We're going to be having some songs and some testimonies. And then we have a world-famous preacher who will be bringing the word to us later on as well. Uh, and so let's be praying for Terence later on. Uh, right now, though, we're going to do some more singing. We're going to ask the praise team to come up at this time. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. The Lord is good, and we're going to just encourage you tonight to think about how the Lord has proven his goodness to you as we go through this time of worship this evening. And uh, thoughtful people should be thankful people. And so let's think back in the past year and let's give God the thanks. Think about it. Think about His love. Yes. Think about His goodness. Come on. Think about His grace that's brought us through all throughout the year. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. So great is the measure of our Father's love. Now that you've thought about it, let's thank Him now. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Yes, God. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your grace that's brought us Thanks tonight. Let's 
declare to our Father, our God, that you have been good, Lord. thanksgiving tonight. You have been good, Lord. And Lord, we thank you so much. And if you find it hard to thank the Lord tonight, perhaps this, the reading of this next psalm will help to prime your heart a bit as we read from Psalm 103. A psalm of David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Everyone. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Who leads the life of destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, you 
Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's praise, give praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Uh, if you'd like to have a note of praise, uh, just raise your hand or stand up and one of our young men will bring one of the mics to you. Um, we'd like to hear from most of you, if not all of you, thanking the Lord for his blessings in the past and what you look forward to the future. We'll be first. Just raise your hand and the man will get to you. Manria. 
Good evening. Good evening. One year today, we were in the emergency room of Doctors Hospital with our father in there, and there's nothing like hearing them call code blue twice, and you're on the outside just waiting to hear the outcome. And when we actually went to see the doctor, you know, they offered little hope. But I am so pleased, and I praise God tonight that Amen. our Father is with us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Vanria. Anyone else? Oh, I'm sorry. Brother Hannah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think I need to say that for the benefit of all concerned, the raising of children is a very serious business. I, I can testify that my children have stood by me all through the years and it is because of them and God's help and the prayers of my faithful brothers and sisters that I am able to stand up here tonight. God is good. And if you trust in him, there is no question about it. He will bring you through. Please continue to pray for me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Dominique Moss, and I must give thanks and praise for God, because he is, through him, he strengthens me, and through my family, he's brought my sister, who unfortunately had to go through surgery this year, but she's here today, and I give thanks and praise for that. I also give thanks and praise to the fact that I am here today. Amen. I may be. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just look forward to the future that God may bless me through my endeavors. And through him, I know anything is possible. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the students to please start coming up now because we'll have you uh, share just in a few moments. Students, would you please... Those of you who would like to take part, please start coming up here right now. All right, who will be next to share? 2012, I didn't realize it's already come to an end, but there are many things to recall. <laughs> because life is so exciting. We've had, I started off with the challenge. Mom had a fall and broke a hip and ended up with, a, with surgery and in ICU in January of this year. Unfortunately, I couldn't go, and I had to pray and f figure out who was going to take care of her. And Lord willing, a cousin that my mother raised 
was able to take care of her so I didn't have to go because of my commitments at work. And then that wasn't enough. My daughter-in-law's sister got sick. And while we were all concerned about her, my daughter-in-law got sick. And that was really scary because she's had a, a, a very frightening experience with the first baby. And then with the second one, she ended up going to ICU. And the baby was born 25 weeks. And now she's sitting here. Amen. She can even call her mother, hey. <laughs> and so I thank God for them. I thank God Amen. for my grandchildren. And I just realized how sometimes we forget that how good he is to us and how he blesses us with our family. And I continue to thank him, you know, even though sometimes we forget to be grateful. And yeah. again, God is good. And these guys here, they are a legacy. So we have to continue to worship him and adore him. So I thank God for 2012. Amen. Thank you, Ambassador. Students, please come. Any students coming? I want to say um, 2012, the Lord has always been blessing me. But this year, he has blessed me abundantly. He's blessed me in health. He's blessed me financially. And he has blessed me spiritually. Number one, he's blessed me. When it comes to financially, he has provided me with a new home. And I can thank the Lord for that. And, and he has blessed me with a good renter. I thank him for that. Health-wise, um, two weeks ago, I had a pain in, in my abdomen. And I went to the doctor. And they did some tests on me, and it came with good results. I can thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Priscilla. Okay. We have two students up here. Some others are there. I'm going to call your names in a minute if you don't come. Uh, but we have some sisters now. Shoot, go on first. All right. Come on. Then. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Rachel. And this coming semester will be my final semester at Gordon College in... Um, in Massachusetts, and I'm doing degrees in chemistry and Spanish. So, um, and then right now I'm applying to graduate school. So, just your prayers that God's will be done would be greatly appreciated. So, thank you. Don't press the needle. Hello. <laughs> Um, my name is Anissa, and I'm studying at Cedarville University in Ohio. I'm studying exercise science with a minor in business. Thank you. Um, special prayer request is that I survive the cold when I go back. Yes, you can go down. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have Preston here with us as well. He's one of our musicians. He is over in Liberty. He's a, a, come on, Preston. And he's actually being taught by another Bahamian who is a member of Calvary, Chris Cartwright. Maybe you could tell us about that, Chris, right? <laughs> um, 
It's probably the first time most of y'all get to hear me talk, but my name is Preston Ferguson Jr. Everybody calls me PJ. I play bass. Um, I go to Liberty University in Virginia, studying aviation. Uh, this is my, this is going to be my fourth semester. I got four more. So, um, prayer requests just be make good decisions and um, time management. That everything go well with that. <laughs> you better take it while it lasts. So I don't talk much. <laughs> don't go here. Yeah. How do you how do you like your your, your instructor, Chris Cartwright? <clears throat> I mean, it's good talking like behaving around. Other, I mean, American people and stuff. They be looking like, what y'all saying? Y'all speaking English? <laughs> <laughs> what that is? <laughs> so you like Chris? Yeah, yeah. Good, good man. All right, thank you. Good man. All right. All right. Now, there's another young man. He's way in the back sitting next to one of our pastors. That's a good place to be seated because I'm going to ask you to say something, and then I'm going to ask our pastor Fowler to pray for these young people who've come up. All right? We have some others as well. I think there's a couple upstairs. Nick, you got some up there? None of them want to come. All right. Uh, would you take the mic, please, up to uh, Pastor Fowler? And Pastor Fowler, would you pray for these individuals, for all of our students? Let us pray. Our Father, we've been saying it already this evening. You are absolutely marvelous, good beyond measure. And we pause in the sacredness of this moment to acknowledge that and simply to say to you, thank you. Thank you for this year. Thank you for how you have provided and how you have sustained us. And in particular, Lord, we thank you for our young people. We thank you for the academic acumen that you have endowed them with, for the intellectual prowess that you have endowed them with. We thank you for their faithfulness and their focus in their particular field of study. Lord, we understand that there are many challenges and there could possibly be many distractions as well as they are abroad in schooling. But nonetheless, Lord, we present them to you and ask that you will continue to keep them focused, sustain them, and give them clear decisions as to what you will have them to do. Protect them both physically and spiritually. And we ask these things, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Actually, we should have asked you also to pray for another young lady, uh, Jade. Jade is Drew's sister, and Jade and um, Drew are the children of Pastor Fowler. Jade was not able to come home because she had some problems with her passports, and so she was feeling a little lonely over there. So would you pray for your daughter now, Pastor Fowler? Um, yes, Lord, it's me again. <laughs> and... Um, uh, I'm coming here on, uh, this time asking again about Jade. Certainly want to thank you again uh, for your, again, your provision and sustaining her in that uh, gloomy um, environment. Especially, Lord, this would be our first time away from us during the, the Christmas uh, time. And uh, obviously, we thank you for the means to access her um, through Skype, the technology that's available. But nonetheless, Lord, we... Uh, commit her to you and ask that you will continue to sustain her and to keep her focus as well as she prepares for exams later this week. Thank you for all that you've done. 
and will continue to do in her life and again in the lives of all of our students. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, of course, we also have students here at COB, and uh, we don't want in any way seem that we uh, favoring some students above the others. So, any COB students who would like to come up and ask for prayer, tell us what you're doing. COB students. There she is, all right. Who else? Come on up. Let's make this a focus on our students, our young people tonight. Okay, good night, church. Um, my name is Raisa Hamilton, and I'm a student at COB studying primary education. And I just completed my final semester at COB, and in January I'll be getting ready to do teaching practice. So y'all could pray for that. Any other COB students or other students at the college? All right. All the young ladies. Only young ladies go to school today? Except one? Good evening. My name is Cleopatra Shea, and I'm currently a junior at Palm Beach Atlantic University, located in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I'm currently a finance major. And prayer requests I have is I'm preparing to go on a mission trip to China in the summer. So any prayer requests for that would be greatly appreciated. All right, Pastor Jerry, would you pray for those two young ladies, please? Somebody get the mic to Pastor Jerry. Father, as we bow in your presence this evening, we thank you for these of our young people who are able to go not only abroad, but here at home, and to be able to study and get a degree in higher education and be able to become good citizens of our Bahama land. Lord, we just pray that as they study and as they prepare themselves for their future calling, that Lord, that you would be with them, guide them, Protect them by your Holy Spirit that they may not only grow and learn mentally, but spiritually they would grow in your love and in your grace. And that we may see them as leaders, not only in our country, but leaders in our churches in days to come. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We want you to be ready. We're going to have another time for sharing in a few minutes, but now we can ask the praise team to come to minister in song again. Shall we all stand together as we sing it? Great is thy
give, Lord. Pardon for sin and the peace that endureth. Thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and thy hope for faithfulness to you and your family throughout the year praise be to your name oh god you're a wonderful provider wonderful god amen you may be seated I 
follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Sing it with us if you know it. That one you can take on the road, amen? Amen. Thank you, thank you. That was beautiful, a real blessing. Uh, we have students who are not, let me put this, we have prospective students. They've not gone to college, but they're planning to go. And we have a number of our young people. Would you mind standing? Let's see who you are, so we could have a word of prayer for you. Where's Charlie? He ducked out. I just saw him just now. Charlie! I just saw him. Those students who will be going to college for the first time, would you stand? Now, there's more than one. I know there are. he's going to stand for everybody. Anyone upstairs? Where's Joaquin? He isn't good. Oh, there you are. Okay. Who else? Joaquin, who else? Some other guys. Tell me who they are. That's all of the night. Okay. Let's pray for these individuals. There are quite a number, actually. Uh, must be getting ready for the Junkanoo, I guess. Uh, <laughs> last time for a long time, so, you know. Let's bow and ask God's blessing upon these young men and women who will be going away. Father, we thank you for our young people. We thank you for the fact that they have decided to follow Jesus, and for them there will be no turning back. We pray that as these young people leave their homes to go to a new place for uh, training and, and schooling. We ask your care and your protection upon them. We pray that you might supply a good church for them to attend where they might be able to worship and serve you. We pray that for their friends that you might go before them now and even choose the friends that they will have so that they might be able in a really 
positive way to grow in Christ, even though they might be away from home. Supply all their needs, all the resources that they need financially, emotionally, physically. Lord, may they continue to look to you, and may they in the future serve you so that you might be honored and glorified in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. All right. We want to have a second time now for testimonies from you. Would you like to share again anything that God has done in your life over the past year or anything you're looking for in the new year? Anyone? Oh, Paul up here. Okay. Good evening. I really do not know how to do this briefly, but this man always calls me out, so I will, I will do my best. In October of 2011, I also had a very bad pain on my left side. Uh, it's important. Um, I went to see my doctor, and he diagnosed it in office, but suggested I go and have a test done anyway, a scan. Um, I did that, and they discovered that I had a cancerous growth on my right kidney, opposite side, only because he suggested I go. In December of last year, I had the cancer removed and received word from the doctor that it was cured as a result of the surgery. Um, That is incredible. Um, By February of this year, the condition that caused the original pain came to a head and my bowel ruptured. Um, following that, I had two surgeries uh, removing um, 12, 18 inches of my large intestine. Um, and while he was in the neighborhood, he took out my appendix and my gallbladder, just threw that in for me. Um, <clears throat> actually, I gave him a hard time. I didn't give him permission to take it, but anyway, said he was too busy saving my life. So... Um, the first surgery, um, it, it, there were complications, nothing major, but I, <laughs> suffice it to say, it was probably the hardest year of my life. Um, starting a new company um, with a new partnership, um, it, it just, I, I don't know except the grace of God. But I will say this, that during the whole time, beginning in October of last year, to present, there was just a sense of peace that God was going to take care of me um, that could only have come from him. It is just totally incredible. Um, I don't know how to explain. Others have commented that there was just something but I never felt a moment's anxiety through cancer, through two surgeries to correct a ruptured bowel, uh, wearing a colostomy bag for two months. Um, The peace that God gave me is indescribable. Um, And it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It guards our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So, praise him. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Amen. Looks like the Lord has done a lot of healing this past year, hasn't he? A lot of members have been uh, through all kinds of medical 
difficulties, but God has healed us all. Amen? Amen. All right, anyone else? Oh, Steve, great. Yeah, I'd like to give God thanks for uh, being with me uh, this month, actually, uh, when I had the procedure done. Um, it was just a heart procedure, and everything went well, and uh, I think I'm on the road to recovery. I just had a little difficulty with soreness, but as far as the opera, the procedure, it went well. And um, I thank the Lord, too, that, that um, everything worked. The, the, the um, doctor, the appointments, and Avancina with us, uh, she was able to go and make all of the um, appointments. And uh, when we went there, they were ready to take us and uh, do everything and, and do the procedure really in a short space of time because we weren't sure when we went that they would be able to do it. We thought we would have to come back at another time, but we were able to do it all. Thank you. And thank you for your prayers. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Well, as all of you know, uh, my experience sort of paralleled Brother Hannah to some degree. He had two codes blue. I only had one. But I stayed. The doctor told me I was out for five minutes and 38 seconds at my heart stopped, as most of you know. I'm still having some problems that he has not been able to explain yet. And he told me that if there's not completely gone by March, that he might have to do a second uh, examination and perhaps a second, um, what do you call it? Not the categorization, that's too much, you won't go that way. Angioplasty, but I, he said this time, you remember I mentioned that after, when I was out, he put the paddles on me and he found that the paddles didn't work. So they had to do CPR, I went into another room to get another set of paddles. He assured me that if he has to do the procedure again, he'll have two sets of paddles on hand next time. So I'm thankful for that. But please, we really thank you for your prayers, and I ask you to continue, because my biggest problem now is not being able to do what I need to do, what I want to do. Uh, and that's what the Lord is working on me right now. So I'm thankful for that. God has been good. And like Brother Hannah said, our children, I tell you, they, they really saved the day. And of course, my wife. And we're so thankful for the fact that God supplied those angels to take care of us during that time. So let's remember our family. Let's hold them there, dear. Let's thank God for them. And let's make sure that we let them know how much we love them every day. Amen? All right, we're going to have one more song. And then it's a real privilege to have Terrence Spender with us tonight. He's also a student. Uh, he is a, a budding expositor of the word, and he's doing very well, excellent, and you'll see that when he speaks to us right after this song. Incredible 2012 for me and my family as we look back on the past year. One big lesson that God taught me, and that is this, he can do anything. God can do anything, and um, we are so thankful for how he's proven himself to us throughout the whole year how he's protected and provided. So let's give him thanks one more time. This whole night is about thanking God. Let's stand one more time. Let's honor the Lord from our hearts. 
from our lips for all you've done. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you promised and all that you are is all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. And I thank you. Thank you. Let's welcome Taryn Spindow. Thank you. Good evening. Whoa. Okay, Brady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> um, it's good to be back home for Christmas, for New Year's. Um, it feels weird to be mic'd up again, um, but it feels good. I don't know how you know that I'm doing so good over there, unless you got spies at school. Uh, anyway, um, uh, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Uh, this is a special time uh, for church. We know you don't have to be here. <laughs> And so we appreciate uh, you sacrificing your time to come out and, uh, and be with us and, and celebrate together to bring in the new year. Um, uh, I'll give my update right now. Yes, I'm at Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, where Pastor Lee went 80 years ago. Um, <laughs> look at him. Look at him right there. You better look quick, though, because he ain't going to be around much longer. Boy, uh, <laughs> to hear him talk, right? Um, uh, no, I'm, I, I am doing well. Uh, school is great. Um, and I have three semesters left, and hopefully, hopefully those will go by uh, pretty quickly. So I appreciate your prayers. I, I, and I really do appreciate your prayers because um, there, there, are, there have been definite moments where, where I have stopped and said, someone must be praying for me right now. Um, not any crisis kind of moment or anything like that, but it's just, there's just something you feel in your spirit where it's like, this feels different. Someone must be praying for me right now. So I, and I know that there are some of you who are praying for me, and I really appreciate it. And if you have forgotten to pray for me, I will remind you to pray for me. Um, and so thank you. Um, I, one, of, one of my biggest blessings being over there is um, I go to a small church over there. It's about the size of Calvary. Um, when I first got there, I went to a, a mega church, like 3,000 people for the first year, and I found out that's, that's just not who I am, and so I ended up going to a smaller church, and uh, I get to play in their praise band, um, and I, I play guitar. I'm the weakest link, but that's okay. They still let me play, and uh, our, our worship leader is actually a Bahamian, and uh, so I get to play with a Bahamian um, a lot of Sundays, and so... That's, you know, that's been a cool thing. And me and him, we, we go to Starbucks between services and, and hang out and stuff like that. So I still get that nice Bahamian connection there. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll actually start the message now. So uh, a couple of months ago, our praise team, the praise team at our church, we were, we were rehearsing on a Sunday morning and uh, for that morning service. And our, our midweek practice had gone pretty well. I, you know, I didn't see any problems, uh, but we found out that Sunday morning that our piano player was not going to be able to make it that day, and so our worship leader, Andrew, our Bahamian friend, uh, he decided that morning he was going to ask his wife to fill in, uh, and so she came and she played with us at rehearsal, and no issues, uh, at least I didn't think so, and so, you know, practice ended, and I thought, okay, we're just going to have another drama-free Sunday morning. And I was wrong. Uh, who, who would have thought, Anton, that music ministry could cause so much conflict? I, that, man. Um, see, so what happened was, a couple of weeks before, Andrew had delegated band direction to our bass player. And so that Sunday morning, when Andrew's wife shows up without practicing and without having consulted the bass player, he got offended. And so he goes up to her after, the, after rehearsal, 
and says, you don't know the songs well enough. I don't want you to play with us. And so, see, there's drama in every church. So, you know, don't think Calvary is special. Uh, But so naturally she gets upset. She starts crying and she goes to her husband and says, I don't want to play anymore if it's going to cause this kind of drama. Naturally, he gets upset. He calls the bass player on the phone because he can't find him in the church. And that leads to an argument about how his wife had been spoken to. And the bass player says, well, who's really in charge of the band? Is it me? Is it you? I don't know what my role is. And so the conversation ends with the bass player saying, I'm just going to drop out of the group altogether. And that, that leaves Andrew feeling upset and frustrated and saying he doesn't even know if he can sing that morning because he's so frustrated about the situation that's happening. Anton, you can't relate to that because everything goes perfectly in our music ministry. But his thinking was, is he really supposed to just go up on stage and perform his duties because, well, you need to have the singing section, you need to have someone leading it. Would the service have been successful if he had just gone up on stage, performed his duties well, even though he was having a conflict with one of the band members? And I think, I think this is a challenge that all of us face, and I think it's something we need to consider as we go into a new year. I believe that all of us want to be used by God this year in order to advance his kingdom and promote his glory and all those good things. However, it can be so easy to settle for simply looking successful in our church culture by simply having all the right programs and running them efficiently. And we fall into this mindset where serving God is just a habit or a hobby. You know, you show up every Sunday, you you serve in your ministry, you keep your sinning to a culturally acceptable minimum, and you feel like you've done what any reasonable person would require of you. But the question is, is that what God requires of you? That's what I want to talk about tonight as we prepare to enter the new year, what God actually requires of us at a foundational level, before the programs, before the ministries, before the appearance of success, in order to be confident that our service is acceptable and approved by God. How can we be sure that we are functioning in a way that God has outlined in his word? So I think we'll find the answer tonight in our text from Mark chapter 11, verses 11 through 25. And they gave me 35 minutes to speak, but we have, I think, 18 right now. Hopefully, I will get us there before the countdown starts. Alan, don't start the countdown this year, please, before I finish speaking. Is that okay? All right. We got a deal. All right. Uh, Most of us know this story as simply Jesus cleansing the temple and cursing a fig tree, and, and we don't really know why he does that, but uh, it's easy to miss Mark's point in including this story in his book. See, his point is actually to give us direction as disciples 
as to how we can know we are approved by God. In this passage, we're going to see Jesus as he lays out, first of all, a priority. Second of all, he's going to lay out two prerequisites to that priority. And finally, we're going to see a prescription, a prescription for the foundation of the truly successful believer. And we're going to start out really broad, and then we're, and we're going to narrow it down and get specific. All right? So first of all, Jesus gives us the main priority of a true disciple of Christ. Prayer. The truly successful disciple must have prayer as a priority. See, the early verses of this passage, uh, they set the stage for Jesus' encounter in the temple. The book of Mark begins with Jesus up in Galilee, and then he's on the road to Jerusalem. And finally, now he's in Jerusalem, and the tension is beginning to mount as he marches toward his certain death. He visits the temple. He comes out of the city. He curses a fig tree, goes back into the temple, and clears it of the merchants and consumers, and concludes with this pronouncement in verse 17. Look at it with me. And he began to teach and to say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a robber's den. This is it. This is the big idea that Jesus wants you to get about what it takes to properly function as we walk this hard road of discipleship. Although the temple was glorious on the outside, Jesus did not see an efficiently functioning temple as the ultimate goal. No, the temple was supposed to be a gathering place for all peoples of God. Jews and Gentiles could pray and worship to God as they gathered. The money changers were performing necessary duties for the people to draw near to God and make their sacrifices. But as Jesus' statement shows, they had abandoned prayer as their means of relating to God, and had started to use the temple for their own benefit. And for us, success should not be measured by how many or how well, how efficiently, how successful our programs are run. That's why, that's why Andrew knew he couldn't go on stage that day, because he knew he would just be performing, and he wouldn't be able to offer authentic prayer, and worship to God. But in our culture, in our evangelical world today, it is so easy to fall into the tyranny of responsibility. It has to get done, so I'm going to do it. Or we can even end up using our ministry as a way to validate ourselves. Um, Turns into this unconscious need to maintain our ministries in order that We'll be able to label ourselves as successful. Um, But in the process, we get so caught up in doing what has to be done, getting the next task accomplished, that we forget that prayer is supposed to be the fuel that is the foundation for our success. Um, Confession time, all right? Just so you know, I'm 
I struggle with this as well. I remember when I was a youth pastor here at Calvary uh, before I went to school, and I was trying to do my best to do the usual things, the things that I'd been trained to do uh, to keep teens motivated, like you know, missions trips and lively music and games and small groups and all those good things. And I thought I was doing pretty good, and we were, we were getting uh, 30 or 50, between that number, 30 to 50 teens on a Friday night. And, and I thought we were doing well. And then, uh, and then another church started their youth group, and it seemed like overnight they were getting 150 kids every week. And my first thought was, I'm failing. Uh, see, I had unconsciously been using the perceived success of the ministry to make me feel good about myself. But now I was thinking, well, what else do I need to do uh, to attract more people? Do I, do I need better leaders, better games, better music? But the truth is that I had neglected a foundational element, which was prayer. And I'd gotten caught up in the trap of wanting to look good without prayer as the fuel for my ministry. So eventually, I got to the point where all I could do was pray there's nothing else you can do. Because if you don't pray, you can expect discipline. If you don't pray, you can expect discipline. We can see Jesus demonstrate this principle through the cursing of the fig tree as a picture of the temple. We see in verse 11, it says, Jesus goes into the temple, and after looking around at everything, he went out of the city and when he's outside of the city, he also sees a fig tree. And he goes and he, and he looks at that fig tree very closely. Don't miss the parallelism there. The comparison between the temple and the fig tree. And after he inspects the fig tree, he sees that it doesn't have any fruit. And he curses it. This is all foreshadowing of the cleansing of the temple. And, and it signifies that Jesus is showing that the temple is actually disqualified as the way the people of God were going to relate to him because they were not bearing the proper fruit. See, although the Jews were God's chosen people, they were still disciplined. And we must take the same warning. Prayer is not optional. Prayer is not a suggestion that you can give or take. Prayer is not something we can just give lip service to. Uh, no, we must pray or we risk discipline. Can't assume that because we go to Calvary and we're trying to do things for God that we're not going to be disciplined if we're neglecting prayer. If we're trying to do things through our own strength in our self-sufficiency in order to be comfortable, to feel good about ourselves. Jonathan Edwards, uh, one of the great preachers of the Great Awakening, he said, prayer, is, prayer should be as natural an expression of faith as breathing is of life. And Jesus shows us that that is true, because Jesus says prayer is to be the priority of the people of God. However, 
even if we are committed to making prayer a priority, we also simply can't just throw up any kind of prayer we want and expect it to be accepted by God. No, see, after coming out of the temple, the disciples pass by the now withered fig tree, a picture of judgment against the temple. And Jesus uses that to dig even deeper and establish two prerequisites for proper prayer. The first prerequisite is faith. In verses 22 through 24, I'm going to summarize since we're running low on time. Uh, Jesus clearly says, he says, have faith in God so that when you pray, you will receive what you ask for, no matter how extreme the request. And he uses the image of moving mountains. Uh, and, And that is figurative language. Don't get bogged up in that and thinking that's literal language. It's figurative language. Um, But faith-filled prayer is a great indicator of what you actually believe about God. You say you believe that God is powerful. Faith-filled prayer proves it. You say you believe that God is good. Faith-filled prayer proves it. You say you believe God is generous. Faith-filled prayer proves it. Have you, have you ever had anyone ask you to help them out with something, and then they immediately go on to list all the reasons they don't think you'll be able to help them out? Hey, can you help me out th- with this? Oh, well, uh, you might not be strong enough. Oh, uh, you might not be smart enough. Uh, I know how you are. You don't really like to help people. Mm. Man, I just really want to help you so much right now. Not really. It doesn't really inspire that helpful spirit in me anyway. Um, And that's what is so offensive about a lack of faith in our prayers. It says to God, I don't need you. I don't believe you are good. I don't believe you are powerful enough. I can do it myself. And that's the exact opposite of grace. But the truth is, we need grace. The truth is, everything we have comes from God. And faith, when we believe God, it gives God the opportunity and the disposition to answer our prayers. The second prerequisite to proper prayer is forgiveness. Notice how the leaders respond to Jesus' rebuke in verse 18. It says, the chief priests and the scribes heard this and began seeking how to destroy him. See, it's easy to get offended when someone calls us out and proves that our ministry isn't based on prayer. But Jesus has the remedy in verse 25. In verse 25, Jesus says, <clears throat> says whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. See, there's cause and effect. Your forgiveness of someone else makes it possible for God to forgive you while you're praying. See, Jesus once again moves the topic even deeper. Yes, we are called to pray. And yes, our prayers should be full of faith, but it doesn't matter how much faith you have If you are holding grudges, your prayer is not accepted. It's not approved. This puts a great responsibility on us 
to be at peace with all people so that our prayers can be answered. And as Jesus has said, that's a priority as a foundation for ministry. There's a great story about Leonardo da Vinci. I almost said DiCaprio, but no. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, where before he painted the Last Supper painting, uh, you know the painting where it's, they're all sitting at one table on one side. I don't know how that would work, but it's not historically accurate. But anyway, it's the famous painting that we have. And uh, the story goes that before he painted that, he had a violent argument with another painter. And he was so enraged by this argument that he decided he was going to paint the face of his enemy as Judas which would obviously condemn him to infamy through the ages. And so he did. He painted the face of his enemy as Judas. But when he came to paint the face of Christ, he could make no progress. Of course, he realized that it was his bitterness and his anger that was preventing him from painting the face of Christ. And so he went back and he corrected the face of Judas. And then he moved back to Christ and he was able to paint the face that is so famous today that we have with us today. See, when we forgive, we release the other person from condemnation. And we also release ourselves from bitterness and pride and allow God to occupy that space that the other person once held over us. It doesn't mean that everything's automatically great, everything's become perfect, no. But at least from your side, there's nothing blocking fellowship between you and that other person. And in that, we also recognize that we need forgiveness. We are not perfect. So the popular idea that when we forgive others, we're releasing ourselves from a prison of bitterness is true, but that personal relief is not the ultimate goal. The goal is so that we will be able to pray effective prayers to God because God requires that we be rightly related to each other before we try to relate to him through prayer. So, if forgiveness is a basic prerequisite to the priority of prayer, what actions should we take? What's the prescription? We have a priority, prerequisites, now we have a prescription. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to forgive your friend. Forgive your friend. It may not be a friend, it may be your family. Forgive your family. We all have people in our lives that make us want to just call it quits between them might be a family member, a father, a spouse, a brother, a friend who's ignoring us. I don't think any of us gets along perfectly with anyone, with everyone, I should say. <laughs> and so forgiveness it needs to be a common practice. And going back to our praise team, we finished this story real quick. Um, there were a couple of hours between when we had to pray, I mean, when we had to play and, and the end of our practice, And in those hours, people had a chance to calm down, think about their role in the situation. And five minutes before we were supposed to go on stage, the bass player went to Andrew's wife, and he asked for forgiveness from her. And Andrew was able to see that, and he was able to forgive. And we were able to go up on stage, and our worship and prayer was able to be accepted by God, independent of how well we played our instruments. It was not about performance. God wants us to evaluate our relationships this year to make sure we will be able to offer acceptable, approved service in order that our prayer 
will be able to fuel our ministries so that Calvary Bible Church can be a force for the kingdom of God this year based on how well we are related to each other and how well we are related to God. Let me pray real quick before New Year's service is over. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we know we have, we have sinned this year. Uh, we have thought thoughts that, that do not line up with, with your character. Uh, we have done things that uh, do not fall in line with, with how we know we should be living. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we pray that uh, we would be committed to reconciling relationships and so that we would be able to serve you well this year. Lord, we just ask that you continue to be with us and uh, just show us how we can best serve you and love each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think we've got about 30 seconds or so. They starting already. What's that? We're on, we're on target right now. How much? Oh, it's all right. I ended on time. That's the first time that's ever happened in a New Year's service, so I feel good.